Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Love you, Holy Spirit. The service belongs to you. The service belongs to you. The service belongs to you, Lord. The service belongs to you, Lord. Belongs to you. No man gets the glory. But you are Lord. You only. You only. Thank you, Father. Amen. Alright, you ready for the word? You don't seem like you're excited about the word. Are you tired already? You ready for the word? I am excited. Praise God. Alright, so uh, we want to go into our um, new series teaching on 10 pillars of the disciples' growth. 10 pillars of a disciple's growth. Now, we explained that there are 10 main pillars that facilitates, that protects, that holds or contributes to the growth and the maturity of a believer, of a disciple to be specific. And we've been we've been on this journey because we want the church to understand that growing spiritually is not something we imagine or something we desire to have but it is something we work towards in the strength of God and in as much as without Jesus or without the Holy Spirit spiritual growth cannot take place you also need to understand that spiritual growth cannot take place also without you praise God spiritual growth cannot happen by you yet it cannot happen without you you got to put that down spiritual growth cannot happen by you yet spiritual growth cannot happen without you when a farmer grows to the farm goes to the farm to sow a seed on the soil you need to realize that it is not the farmer that makes the seed grow it is the law of nature responsible for growth that causes the growth to happen but you see that seed cannot grow to become a tree until the farmer also has planted the seed are you getting this thing so the growth cannot happen by the farmer he has to depend on a certain law in nature responsible for growth but that law cannot operate until he does his part by sowing the seed which means he has to position the seed in the right environment for the law of nature responsible for growth to produce growth are you getting this thing so in case he have he has a seed the seed is good 
but he cannot sow the seed on this pulpit and expect the seed to grow because there is an environment he may have a seed but that seed must be placed in what the right environment you need to understand that you have a spiritual life but it is not in every environment that will contribute to your growth very important if you don't plant yourself in a place of prayer in a place of fasting in the place of studying the word you will be in an environment that is not suitable to contribute to your spiritual growth is someone getting this thing up so the farmer must that must do what sow the seed in the right environment the law of nature works you must position yourself in the right spiritual um, atmosphere or the spiritual environment then the spiritual law responsible for growth which is by the spirit begins to activate itself in your life are you getting this thing so we said in the 10 pillars the first pillar for the disciples growth is what obedience based what word mastery what's the second one prayer fasting and solitude what's number three fellowship with the spirit it's also a pillar so don't just say i am fasting i i am um, i'm praying uh i'm i'm keeping myself solitude but um i'm not seeing anything they are 10 pillars you must be doing along as you you advance in your work with god praise god so what's the fourth point also holiness and what christ-like character so last week we couldn't finish with what we wanted to do so today we are teaching we are still continuing on the teaching on holiness and christ-like character but it's going to be the b it's going to be a b i wish i could do a recap but uh it's going to really take our time because time is not on my side at all i'm sure i'm going to find some time and do a full teaching on this concept of holiness but if there is anything I want you to remember before we go on with our teaching, a lot of times the teaching on holiness has not been placed in its right context. So we've seen people who are trying to be holy in their selves. We see people who are trying to be holy in their strength. They are striving on their own foundation and they begin to experience struggle. We need to understand a right explanation, a right perspective of holiness before we can be able to enjoy what it means. If you remember last week, I said the holiness is not wearing long skirt because there are people who wear long skirt and they are more dangerous than those who wear the short. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So let's not confuse that. Holiness is not dressing, but holiness can produce right dressing are you are you getting that so we 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 have to learn not to put the holiness in outward appearances holiness is first a spiritual experience which bets a certain fruit so last week if you remember i gave you an explanation of two realities believers must understand we need to understand what christ has done and what we are to do these are two vital things in a christian life that if the believer does not understand he may mess up his life so um last week we said 
there is a different there are two things you need to understand about holiness we have perfect holiness and perfecting holiness perfect holiness was accomplished by christ according to hebrews chapter 10 the verse 11 and 14 perfect holiness was accomplished by christ when you got born again you were made perfect by the sacrifice and the offering of the body of jesus christ on the cross are you getting this then we also need to understand what we call perfecting holiness according to second corinthians chapter 7 the, the verse 1 the bible says perfecting holiness in the fear of god so we got to understand that perfect holiness is that which has been accomplished by christ which you cannot add to it perfecting holiness is that which you are supposed to be doing in cooperation with the holy spirit which involves your diligence and your effort through the obedience of the word of god to live before god is someone getting this thing well please don't be distracted because this is a very sensitive teaching i'm teaching we said secondly there is the holiness we receive and there's holiness we, we strive for when you got born again you were made the righteousness of god and you were created in true holiness you receive that holiness when you receive the person of jesus so there is the holiness we receive which we don't work for and there's the holiness we strive for according to hebrews chapter 12 the verse 14 he says pursue holiness for without which no man will see the lord so holiness is not only something we receive it's also a pursuit something we strive to become in person now we also said thirdly that there is positional holiness and there is experiential holiness when you got born again you were made holy by position you did not work for it it was done in christ jesus and because you are in christ you have been made holy that is positional but you see though you have been made holy it it will shock you that your experience may not reflect that reality of holiness which you are in christ and you see for you to come to the experiential aspect of holiness there is a there's a place for effort there's a place for effort there's a place for diligence depending on the holy ghost but you must play a role are you following this thing we also explain that there is the root of holiness and there is a fruit of holiness the root is found in christ the fruit is produced through you in christ we also said that there is holiness as a nature and there's holiness as conduct we gave you scriptures just go and get last week's teaching your life will never be the same hallelujah so we explain that um holiness um as a position which we have in christ must become the first foundation until you know you are holy it will be difficult to walk a holy life you must first know that you have been sanctified by christ this is a very important reality because we see people who are trying to be holy outside of revelation they don't have the right foundation are you getting this so you must first know you have been made holy you must first know you have been sanctified before you can live a sanctified life you must know this if not you may think that there is nothing available and you are trying to make it happen you will struggle you will struggle hebrews chapter 10 the verse 11 let's go back there again and let me remind you of your position before we get into this teaching 
because like we said holiness as a practice holiness as a conduct living a holy life is a pillar in the christian growth a christian who does not walk in practical holiness will struggle in his christian life i am telling you but we need to understand what holiness truly first means before we can walk in holiness are you following so he says every priest standard daily ministry and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins uh-huh but this man jesus after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of god telling us that the one sacrifice of jesus dealt with sin once and forever now come to the verse 10 and look at something from there the bible says by the which will we are what sanctified give me nlt to make it more clearer the word sanctified means to make holy he says for god's will for us was to be what made holy by the sacrifice of jesus so first of all how were you made holy yeah i'm not you're not here how were you made holy by the sacrifice of jesus so by the sacrifice of jesus christ you were made holy you were sanctified come back to kjv give me an iv an iv an iv he says by that will we have been made what holy now note the tense when you are doing your bible study note tenses in bible study note tenses he says you have been made what did he say you will be made holy he says you have been made so holiness must first be understood as something you have already been made by the offering of the body of jesus he says you have been made holy through the sacrifice of jesus are you seeing that this holiness you have been made was founded on a certain reality that reality is the foundation for your christian life if you don't build on this foundation you will build the wrong foundation that will affect your christian faith every act of holiness you want to live practically must be on the foundation on what christ has done by his death burial resurrection ascension and sitting it is on the strength the base the grounds of this reality that you can live the true christian life you don't live your christian life by saying lord i promise this year i will do something we don't talk like that lord i'm sorry you know i'm trying hey, hey. you know i'm trying my best we don't talk like that as christians we must have the right foundation which is what christ has done can i ask you a question are you holy why are you speaking as if you're afraid are you holy why are you afraid that you're holy are you holy then say it i'm holy one more time i'm holy now now let me help you with this so you understand because i'm sure some of you are not bold enough to say man i'm holy because you you don't look like you're holy you don't feel like you're holy no knowing you are holy is not a feeling it's a knowing it's the same with salvation salvation is not a feeling that's why we have people who say they are saved the moment they go and do something bad and you ask them and they say they said mm, i'm not saved why because they base their salvation on feeling meanwhile the bible has told us in romans chapter 10 the verse 9 and 10 he says if thou shalt believe with your mouth if thou shalt confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe with your mouth that god raised him from the dead thou shalt be so the question is have you done that if you have done that the bible says you are saved then it goes on the verse 10 he says for with the heart one believes unto righteousness with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so we 
Salvation must be a knowing, not unfeeling. Because if you base your Christian life on feelings, you'll be in trouble. Anytime you feel good, that means you're saved. Anytime you feel bad, that means you're unsaved. That is not Christian life. So look at Ephesians chapter 1, the verse 4. Write every scripture down. When you go home, go and read them. Look. He says, according as he has what? What's, what's the first one? Ephesians is too good. If you want to really know who you are in Christ, be reading Ephesians. Because if you don't know who you are in Christ, you don't know how to live in Christ. In Ephesians 1, the verse 3, Paul begins to give us realities of what we have been made because of our planting in Christ. He first begins by saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So we need to understand that the Christian is blessed. And I've told you that blessing is not first of all physical. So there are people who buy a car and they say, God has blessed me. That was not a blessing. That was the effect of the blessing. If not, a Christian who does not have a car will say he's not blessed. Meanwhile, the Bible is teaching us that everyone that is in Christ has been blessed, past tense, with all spiritual blessing. The next time you are saying you are blessed, don't think of a car or a house. The next time you are saying you are blessed, you are thinking of what Christ has done for you and your spiritual realities you have. I'm teaching good here. So, he now begins to tell us about the spiritual blessings in the next verse. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, Ephesians 1, 4, he now begins to tell us the spiritual blessings. So you don't think it is a car. Are you getting this thing? So what's the first blessing? According as he has chosen your first spiritual blessings that you are chosen by God. I'm teaching with you. See, I'm chosen. Why am I chosen? In him. Then he goes on to say, before the foundation of the world, before you ever made a decision to receive Christ, he says he chose you to be him. So that you don't ever think that it is by you doing good that you are chosen. Some people think they are chosen because they are good. He says he chose you before the foundation. So before you ever grew to do good or bad, you were chosen. And he called that a spiritual blessing. Then he goes on to the second. He says that we should be what? Holy and what? Without blame. Before who? Before him in love. Listen. God wants you to know that your holiness is what he sees before you. If you look at yourself, you will not see that holiness. Because one way, yeah. Listen, he says that we should be holy and without blame before who? So it is not before the sight of men because some of you when you come to the area and we mention your name, who is this girl? Who is this boy? Every area person knows you. You spot there all. So if it is before people, if it's before people, they won't say anything good about you. If it is before people, they'll say this guy, super bad champion. Let's move on. 
That is why your holiness is not before men. And it's not even before yourself. It's before who? So he's saying before God, when God looks at you in Christ, what he sees about you is holiness. My goodness. I think you should rejoice about this thing. So you don't look at what men have said about you. You don't look at what people have said about you because if you try to see your holiness in terms of how men see you, how people see you, you won't find that peace. But before God, he looks at me. Before God, he's made me holy. He's made me holy. Say, I'm holy. Please, can you say that with some boldness? Can you say that once again? Listen, see, listen. You have to keep saying that until you begin to see yourself worthy. There are people who are seeing themselves already unworthy. The reason why some people are in, uh, are in a mess, some people are even going more, are growing evil, is because they, they feel they are already damaged. They feel they are already unworthy. So let me finish what I've started. If I'm already condemning hell for what I'm doing, I know God will not accept me. So you let me just finish it. Hell is hell. To hell with hell. Because I'm already their DJ. It's not true. Before God, I'm holy. You don't know what this message will mean to someone. You came from a good home, so you don't understand this message. If you came from a place where everybody has to do everything to survive, where you have to sleep with all kinds of people to make money, when we say that Christ has made you holy, you will cry. You weep that despite all the things that you have been doing this God looks at you from heaven not because in yourself but because you are in him in his son in his son he says because you are my son you are holy your heart will be filled with gratitude that this unworthy boy this smoker This guy that is in a complete mess. God looks at him and says, that's my holy child. You know, that's why the devil is confused. Because the devil says, hey, you are condemned to death. Look at what you're doing. God has already finished you. And God says, yes, holy. This is what changes people. I'm telling you. know that when you're already wearing a dirty dress you don't care what to do again have you realized that when you're already wearing a dirty dress you don't care where you go you don't care where you sit you you don't care because the dress is already it's already dirty so where you sit doesn't matter because it is dirty so when you see anything dirty you don't prevent it you are already dirty when in the midst of dirty things you don't care because you're already dirty but if someone removes the dress, gives you a good bath, and puts white, white on you, everything changes about you. 
there is something about the attack and there's something about neatness that affects your thinking and your walking now you're in a trotro a dirty mechanic is coming he sits down he says sweetie hey take your hands off someone with dirty oil on his hands so hello sir hey it's like you are conscious so God is making you know that you are being made white white by what Jesus has done so by thinking that when God looks at you in Christ he beholds a clean man who is messed up physically but a clean man who has been prepared made white made righteous made holy by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus when that man first knows this reality it begins to affect his walk my husband put white cloth on me my big brother put white cloth on me I can't dirty it while he told me he's coming soon I can't dirty this dress I'm holy I said I'm holy be bold I'm holy say it again I'm holy uh, squeeze your face to the devil and say I'm holy is that how to squeeze your face? smiling is that how to talk to the devil someone says I'm holy we say squeeze your face say, I'm holy a man of God went to a church that doesn't believe in speaking in tongues and the pastor told him that don't do any Holy Ghost baptism don't just finish preaching and go by the time a man was finished he finished preaching everybody's desire and appetite for tongues was and he called them and he made all of them speak in tongues and there's one woman who came beside the pastor that's a, you have put me in bondage for 15 years you know when you get to know your liberty in Christ first of all there is a boldness that you receive all this while the devil was playing the fool with me he was telling me I'm a daughter of hell he was telling me I'm already now I know I'm holy you devil come back again and you get a blow you get a blow I am holy foundation I'm sorry for you if you don't have this foundation you're in trouble listen do you know the Bible tells us to put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh it is in putting on on Christ letting Christ revelation dominate us that will kill the power of the flesh If you don't know what Christ has done for you, like I'm telling you, everything about your life will be out of struggle. I'm doing something. I will do it. Let me try hard, God. Let me do it. No. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. That's a different mindset. We don't do right things to become righteous. We do right things because we are righteous. That's a different motivation altogether. If you are doing right things to become righteous, strength and willpower, and you will fail because by strength shall no man prevail. 
But if you are righteous and in that knowledge you are trying to act in your righteousness, there's a different empowerment. Now you know it is the nature in you that is working freely and not something you are trying to make happen inside you. I'm holy. I'm righteous. Through Jesus Christ. Say I'm holy, I'm holy. in Christ. In Christ. Hallelujah. Before I go into trying to explain deeper details with you about holiness, please you need to write these things down. Now, you can type it on your phone if you don't have a diary, but I advise anytime you're coming, you come with a diary with some notebook. Now, facts to know before your quest for holiness. Facts to know before your quest for holiness. In other words, before you try ever trying to walk a holy life, there are facts you must know. Facts to know before your quest for holiness. If you don't know these facts, first of all, before you are trying to act holy, you find trouble for yourself. are not a sinner trying to be righteous I'm not this is not the first point it just dropped in my spirit you are not a sinner trying to act righteous you are a righteous man expressing your righteousness did you hear that you are not a sinner trying to be righteous You are a righteous man expressing that righteousness. Now, put this point down. Number one, the first fact that needs to settle in your heart. When you go home, read them as many times as possible. Don't go and discard, discard it away. Your Christian life is dependent on what I'm teaching you today. Number one, you should constantly put your focus on Jesus and not on yourself we should constantly put our focus on Jesus and not on ourselves self-confidence is for worldly people Christ confidence is for Christians I've seen people who say they are self-confident I give you some little time. You'll lose it. Because something may happen. You may lose it. You will never become self-confident forever. Self-confidence is for unbelievers. Christ's confidence is for Christians. Every confidence you have today must be founded on Christ. You must constantly learn to put your focus on Jesus and not on yourself. That's number one. Number two salvation is a free gift that we could never earn in a million lifetimes salvation is a free gift that we could never earn in a million lifetimes the next time you are ever thinking you are saved because you did something good God wants to correct you 
Salvation is a free gift. And the only time you had salvation was because you believed in Jesus Christ. You never did anything to qualify for it. So we need to understand that salvation has got nothing to do with, first of all, with work. What you can do. No. Because if, if, let's just analyze this thing. The Bible tells us that Christ died for us while we were sinners. That means while you were a sinner, you didn't even have the strength itself to be even saved. You have no strength. And God sent his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You didn't do anything for God to send Jesus. And God sent his son that whosoever believeth, he didn't say work it. So the second thing you need to know before trying to pursue holiness is that what? Salvation is what? It's a free gift that we could never earn in a million lifetime. Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 8 and 9. Listen to this lecture. He says, For by grace are ye saved through. Hey, for, for by grace are ye saved through. So now look at these three things grace, saved, and faith. You must observe these three things. If you don't understand what I'm just saying, you will struggle with Christianity. He says, For by grace, that means the reason why you have salvation is because of God's grace. He says, For by grace are ye saved. He never said, For by work. For by grace are you saved. True. So he's saying that you obtained this salvation which came by grace on the ground of what? Faith. So, so grace was the hand that gave salvation faith on your part was your hand that received that salvation this is the hand called grace this is salvation the hand called grace gave salvation to you you stretching your hand was called what faith and you received it it was never by work it was never because you were good if it was goodness that saved people then Buddhists, you will see a lot of them in heaven you will see a lot of Muslims in heaven I'm teaching good here so salvation is not work based it is grace based obtained through faith so listen salvation is grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone write that down salvation is grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone this is the second reality you must know if you ever want to walk in holiness notice can we proceed number three on the worst day of our lives God deeply loves us on the worst days of our lives when you think you have completely messed up and like there is no hope for you it's like you feel so condemned that time God still loves you if you don't know this the devil will play with you and tell you to go and commit suicide because even God has given up on you so commit suicide 
Don't talk to anybody. God is angry. On the worst day of our lives, God what? Deeply loves us. Number four. Committing one sin does not cause us to lose our salvation. I've heard people say that the moment you commit one sin, you have lost your salvation. But even the pastor himself does not know that. Even before probably he held the microphone, he, he probably sinned by lying. Do you know that anger is a sin? Anger is sin when it's not controlled. So if that pastor got angry and it is one sin that qualifies one to lose his salvation, that means the pastor has what? Lost his salvation too. We need to teach this thing up. Because there are so many confused believers out there. Hmm. We are moving. I'm building something. Number five. If we fail to confess a sin, that doesn't mean we are not saved. If we fail to confess a sin, that does not mean we are not saved. Now listen to what I'm saying carefully. Before you think that probably I'm trying to give somebody the chance to do what he wants. That's not what we do here. But we need to give you understanding. We cannot reduce what Jesus has done because we are afraid that people will say that we are preaching grace. No. We have to tell people the truth of what Christ has done. And teach them what they are supposed to do and then give the Holy Ghost the chance to change people. Because no pastor can change anybody. I'm telling you the truth. No pastor can change anybody. When every member leaves here and goes home, you don't know what they do from Monday to Friday. You may see what they are doing now and think, this is a very powerful lady. This is a very powerful man. I mean, I mean, a suit, you know, everything is fine. But when that person says bye-bye to pastor, bye-bye to ushers, bye-bye to technical team and he goes home, we can't follow them into that bedroom. We can't follow them. We don't know the phone calls you're doing. So no pastor can change anybody. We will sow the seed of the word of God. Then the Holy Ghost takes over. Then he does his work in our lives. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, We all with an unveiled face as we behold as in a mirror. The glory of God. He says we are being changed even as by the same spirit. That means it's the Holy Ghost that does change. <laughs> That is how come when I'm done preaching to you now from Monday to Friday I'm on my knees. Lord, keep these people. I don't know what they are doing. Convict them. If any of you start feeling uncomfortable about something I've been doing it is me doing it. <laughs> if you ever felt like something you done they didn't it was me. I'm just telling you in advance. And more will be coming. It was me. I was fasting and praying for you. Hmm. In case you're a pastor, you're going to be a pastor. Hear this. Your work has actually begun when you are done preaching. Or you don't know when you sow a seed, you have to water it constantly. So the real work is after the sowing. 
So my work actually begins tomorrow. <laughs> That's just by the way. Let's move to number five. Are we number five or six? All right. Even if we commit a sin, as far as salvation is concerned, we are still in the forgiving column. Here carefully. Even if we commit a sin, as far as salvation is concerned, we are still in the forgiving column. It is when people feel bad eh, that they will change. It's not true. Hey, you don't know members. Who you will say all the hot messages. Help! You will die. Jesus will kill you. And the person is Jesus. And then the pastor is happy. Ah, the message has entered. is weeping living service. John, who of you? Maybe who? Maybe we can. Why? John, who of you? But you may look if I can't share that nature, man, why? Oh, baby, baby, me grab two weeks back. It be be a shame. But about to crash it. Panties five, a shame. Maybe I'm going to John. And then you have a G and you, John. Prophet, who? the weeping, the weeping prophetess. After hearing that message, if you're if you're a minister, you don't understand this thing. You die before your time. See, I can't kill myself because of you. can we move on okay okay let me cross over from here now number seven here this very important we are still god's children even as we struggle with sin Can someone give me a 10 CD or 20 CD note? Which is not returning anyway. Okay. I didn't say handkerchief. Okay. Okay. And you're 40 prep. Oh, hey. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't say Pastor is doing fan raising. It's okay. <laughs> now, how much is this? 40 CDs. Now, can I ask you a question? Who likes it? money all right i'm coming up you like it right okay 
Do you like it? Oh. Do you like it? And I'm in an encounter. Do you still like it? Why? And still? And God says you are his child. And before him, your value as his child, you may mess up, you may smoke, you may do some very bad things. Does he change your value? You see, if you don't understand this thing, eh, you will not see God's love. However, this money was stained, pressed, squeezed, trampled upon, it was still the same. It didn't lose its value. Even when it's torn, we use sellotape. No, this is a serious thing. And God says you are his son, his daughter. Now, look at your child. You, you as a mother, you as a mo mother, say mother. Does it, don't your children mess up? Do you ever say because they mess up, you, you will not feed them for 21 days? Now, are you getting this thing? Ah. <laughs> uh, the violence shall take you by force. It's happening. I've seen Elijah using his hand to shoot the guy's guy. Master, on your pastor. Hallelujah. So, no matter how I kick this money, throw this money, if I put this money in gutter, someone will pick it and wash it. When you give it to a bean seller, the bean seller will not say that you put it in gutter. Your true value before God can never change before God. And please understand this thing. No matter how much of a mess you are in, the value of God on you because of his son, not because of you. You need to get it. It's because of who? Jesus. Can we shout Jesus? And say thank you, Jesus. It's because of Jesus. It's because of his blood. It is because of his blood we are not consumed. Can your heart be filled with gratitude every morning? Even this reality alone is enough. You may not have money, but the fact that you are not going to hell, the fact that you are, you are God's son should always make you grateful every single time. Jesus' blood. I'm teaching you here. Can we move on? Number eight. The moment we are saved, God sets us apart as holy and even calls us holy. The moment we are saved, God sets us apart as holy and even calls us holy. The Corinthian church was a very messed up church. Very, very messed up church. Go and read the book of Corinthians. Full of carnal people. Someone was even sleeping with his own stepmother in the church. And before Paul rebuked them, listen, it is a pastor's duty to rebuke Christians for sin. But it's not, it's not his responsibility to condemn them for sin. They are not the same. You can be rebuked for sin, 
but not condemn because God's word has said there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ are you following this thing in 1st Corinthians chapter 1 the verse 2 before Paul was about to rebuke them of this bad practice in fact he excommunicated the guy that was doing that that means he gave him the necessary discipline but Paul never forgot this reality he says unto the church of God which is in Corinth these are carnal people do you know what they were doing in Corinthians the communion some of them were bringing small bread they bring big Float, big tea bread, long one for communion. Imagine Obiaba communion, not the tea bread, tin tin tiamba, not the coke, 1.5 liter. Abba, obey the yebera, the idea. Go and read the Bible, that's what they were doing. And the unfortunate thing is that the rich brought it and was like a party gathering, and they removed the poor from it, and the poor come and go empty. And Paul said, You people are kind and yet before he began his rebuke from first corinthians 3 look unto the church of corinth unto them that are what you read it well unto them that are what you didn't read it well unto them that are if you remove that word christ jesus from there there is no sanctification because you are not the righteousness of god you are the righteousness of god in in christ you see, everything you have today in God is because you are in Christ. So that every time you always remember Christ, that is not you. You are today you have access to pray, not because you were good in the course of the week. You know, that's how come sometimes when you go for communion service in that place, they say anybody who has said, don't come close to the communion wine, you will live with sickness. It's because many of us don't understand that actually it is when you have messed up that you should partake the communion to remind you of what the blood did to your sins so the next time you live you remember the blood paid for this sin i can't go back into it i value the blood rather see go and read first corinthians 11 he says do it in remembrance of me he didn't say do it in remembrance of your sin do it in what remembrance of me so when you are eating you are remembering jesus and what he did for you remind you that hey someone paid that sin you are committing someone paid with his blood so eat with gratitude some of you should be weeping the next time you hold that, bra- that bread anytime you hold that bread and you break it it was giving you a picture that this man's body was broken because of your sins the blood was shed because of your sins the next time you are holding that cup you should be weeping if you are in a mess you should be weeping that upon all my sins you did this for me Jesus messed up messed up I messed up yet you still did this for me I'm grateful do you know what that can do to your soul when you depart from church and when we tell people that if you are sick don't come to the community because Jesus will curse you there is no scripture anywhere where Jesus cursed any human being on that day when those who think they have done what 
what is right and those who think they are righteous come to the table they see those who are sitting as unworthy so they come with like they be nanumbi the people who are sitting there they have seen so that means that they didn't see in the week so so it rather increases self-righteousness because those who are standing say we are worthy you people you people so everybody sees those who have seen the church by communion time Meanwhile, the person eating that communion is filled with bitterness, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness is in the soul of that person and he's eating the communion. He's not talking to his neighbor, he's not talking to his landlord, he's not talking to tenants, he's not talking to the watch seller he has been buying the watch from. And he thinks it's okay. Listen, before God, God does not measure big sin and small sin. So don't think that telling lie is small, so that one is okay. But fornicating is a big one. Oh dear, oh dear, oh born in there. I'm teaching you something here. Am I helping you? Can we continue? All right. God's grace empowers us to live above sin. God's grace empowers us to live above sin. Now, many people only think that grace is what saves us. Salvation is only the first work of grace. After you are saved by grace, the work of grace is not over. Whatever grace begins, it finishes. When you get saved, God gives you his Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost in you is called the Spirit of Grace. That means the Holy Ghost in you is the second work of grace in bringing you transformation. So grace first saves, grace secondly transforms. So the first work of grace is what? Salvation. The second work of grace is transformation. Give me Titus chapter 2, the verse 11 to the verse 14. We are going to read this thing. Now, he says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to how many men? All men. So there is grace for salvation. It has appeared to everybody because Jesus died for everybody. Now, this is the first work of grace. It brings what? Salvation. Now, look at the next verse. Now, grace does a second work. The second work of grace is teaching us the word teaching also means instructing us so grace is a power that brings salvation and grace is a power that brings christian living so he says teaching us that what denying ungodliness so anybody that says he knows grace is someone who should be denying ungodliness by now worldly lasts we should live soberly today people say they understand grace and they are sleeping with all kinds of people doing all kinds of things and they say they know grace you don't know grace because grace is a real teacher it will teach you to deny ungodliness grace will teach you to deny worldly lust he says that we should live what soberly the word sober means self-controlled spiritually balanced christian life he says righteously 
and what godly in this present world anytime you're living godly you must know it is grace at work in you people understand grace they don't go to church again they understand grace they can even sleep with prostitutes they understand grace they tell lies that was not grace you met if you truly meet grace grace is Jesus when you look at Jesus you find no fault in him when you look at Jesus you find no last in Jesus so the end goal of grace after salvation is to change you to become a real Christian it's to change you to become a saint it is to change you from a liar to, a, to one who is sincere listen if you cannot tell truth if you can't tell the truth you have not experienced the true power of grace you can't tell me you are free when you say you believe grace and then your life is just comfortable you are comfortable in sin that's not grace look at the next verse he says looking for that blessed hope that at, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ uh-huh. who gave himself for us that he might what redeem us from what iniquity how can you be redeemed into iniquity grace redeemed you out of it how come you are in it out from all iniquity he said all and to what purify unto who himself a peculiar people zealous of good works that's the end goal of grace zealous on the good works that's why I love to pray that's why I love to read my bible that's why I love to love Jesus that's grace that's why I love intercession that's why I love to live a holy life that's grace praise God number 10 the Holy Spirit is not here to condemn us the Holy Spirit is not here to condemn us this is a fact you must know Remember there was a case of someone who said he did something wrong and the Holy Ghost convicted him and the Holy Ghost said he has sinned and the Holy Ghost's punishment is that he should use his head to hit the wall so he hit his wall two times three times when his head cut the Holy Ghost said you are forgiven what Holy Ghost is that? that's a familiar spirit the Holy Ghost is your helper he is here to help you do what you can't do by yourself People are with all kinds of teach. I don't know how this thing came about. Let's finish this. 11. Holiness is not a matter of keeping a set of external rules. Holiness is not a matter of keeping a set of external laws or rules. But an expression of an inward life please pay attention let me say that again holiness is not a matter of keeping a set of external laws or rules but an expression of an inward life you know if you want to understand what fake holiness is look at the Pharisees in the Bible that's the explanation of what I just said 
the Pharisees kept the law but they were worse than the law that's why Jesus had a problem with Pharisees not even with sinners you read the Bible you see it they were the religious people who were supposed to lead people to the light but they were hypocrites Jesus told them that you clean outside the cup but inside the cup is full of filth they are there turning people to see whether people will see hey you have seen this is what the Lord said you know remember there's a woman who was caught in an act of adultery how many people does it take to commit adultery there was only one there that was even wrong because that's a problem and they said you have to stone the woman where's the man like I said, one of the Pharisees will be in Marshall in Pyoto and I walk on and say, This woman stone her. Stone her. Because if two people are involved, the other one can't escape. For the person to escape, that means politics not the PA. So the other Pharisees, Charlie, why your mistake go wrong move, wrong move, PFA, PFA. The woman passed this, hey, that's you. Come out. And I explain how. And they said, Jesus, you know what the Lord said. When someone is caught in adultery, we stone the person to death. What's here now? And Jesus stooped low on the floor, on the ground. The ground was made with, uh, it was like a stone, made with stone. And Jesus wrote on the stone. He rose up and he said, if any one of you has not sinned, cast the first stone. You know what Jesus wrote? What did he write on? Stone. The Ten Commandments was written on what? Stone. He says, I wrote the law. And I'm convinced that none of you have obeyed it. So if you think that you are perfect, stone her first. And the Bible says they all left from the greatest. That means the leaders, they left first. The Pharisees to the lowest. So see, these Pharisees, they were people, they were the ones catching people with sin. But do you know what they were doing? Those times, if you are coming to do sacrifice, and people, like some of the Jewish people scattered abroad. Some went to other nations and stuff. But during their festive seasons, they have to come back. But before they come and do sacrifices, you can't bring a goat from Tamale to Accra to come and offer sacrifice. That would be too much. So some of them come with money. Then they buy the items at the temple and sacrifice them. Do you know what the Pharisees were doing? They increased the price of the goat. So corruption, you know, it started from religion. That's why if you're a Christian, you have to be careful. They increase the prices. So a goat costing 100 Ghana. They know you can't get it anywhere. They increase the exchange rate. So you buy the goat for 400 Ghana. That's what these Pharisees were doing. And they were rather criticizing Jesus. That why are your disciples eating on the Sabbath day? Because they thought externally they have obeyed everything nice in the law. But internally they are full of wicked people. Full of wickedness. They showed no mercy to anybody. 
so we said that holiness is not a matter of what keeping a set of external rules hey they said we should obey so i've obeyed this so i'm okay now no we don't do that that's not holiness it's not playing by the rules it's living my life are you following this okay so you need to understand that anybody who doesn't emphasize first of all this truth to the christian will put the christian in trouble now before we close write this down facts facts to guard the believer this is another fact you should also know so this one too you put it down let's do it quickly in the next five minutes then we should be closing now number one facts to guard the believer number one god requires holy living from his people god requires holy living from his people have you read in first peter chapter one look at the verse 15. you re you realize that even though god has made you holy he requires holy living from you why because he has made you holy that is why he can demand holiness from you if god tells you you can do something if god says flee it means you can flee if god says god it means you can guard whatever god tells you to do it means he has already empowered you to do it god cannot tell you to live a holy life when he has not empowered you to live holy are you getting what i'm saying now look at what the bible says he says but as he which has called you is holy so be ye what holy in all manner of conversation the word conversation means behavior give that to me in nlt to make them understand it clearly when you're doing your bible reading always have another version beside you so that if in case you don't understand you read the other version use a more comfortable version like amplified you can use um, um, nlt new living translation you can use message bible the other ones there he says but now you must what be holy in what everything that you do 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 just as god who chose you is holy is it clear at all give me good news You can't find it. All right, let's move. Number two, quickly. Our sins really do have an impact on our walk with God and our whole Christian life. Our sins really do have an impact on our walk with God and our whole Christian life. Our sins really what? do have an impact on our work with God and our whole Christian life. You see, so many people at a point begin to, okay, so if Christ died for my sin, that means if I sin, I mean, that means it doesn't matter. That's where the lie is. Sin damages. Sin damages your soul structure. It has an impact on our work with God. I'm telling you, that is how come people who love sinning find it difficult to come to God in prayer. Find it difficult. So it's also a fact you must know. It has an impact upon your life. No one who truly continues in sinful practices will truly know the Lord. You may be reading the Bible, but you won't know him. 
no one whoever continues to practice the sin he enjoys doing will ever know him you can never know him that way you never know him listen you can know God by head and you can know God by heart there are many who know God by head by the book they can preach every message there's a pastor who said when he's down fornicating that's when the anointing becomes strong and then he preaches with more power look at that look at that huh. you will never be able to know God experientially you enjoy sin. Let's finish this. Number three. Obedience is the fruit of faith. And the purest evidence of what a man truly believes. Oh, this teaching will change many lives. Obedience is the fruit of faith and the purest evidence of what a man truly believes. Obedience is the fruit of faith and the purest evidence of what a man truly believes. That means Christianity without an accompanying obedience is fake. I keep saying this. Jesus Christ is both Savior and what? Lord, as Savior, you believe him and he saves you. As Lord, you obey him and he controls you. There are many of you who say, Jesus is my Savior. I need to ask you the next phase of the question. Is Jesus Christ indeed your Lord? if Christ is your Lord it's not by confession it's by obedience so many who teach grace have not taught grace fully they've not taught grace well if Jesus is your savior and he's not your Lord then he's not Lord at all am I helping someone number four let's do it quickly I don't have time Number four, the believer has three enemies he will constantly fight. The believer has three enemies he will constantly fight. Hmm. Ibala Shatimon. Can we proceed? Who are the three enemies? Number one, corrupt flesh. Number two, a busy devil. Number three, an enticing world. These are the believers' three enemies. If you don't know these three enemies, eh, you are in trouble. What are they? Corrupt flesh, busy devil, and an enticing world. These are the three enemies. When I come to one of the pillars, I'm going to explain spiritual warfare. Don't miss any service. So many people think when you enter salvation, you have entered rest, which is true. After you are born again, you have come to rest, and rest is in salvation. In Christian living, it is not rest, it is a wrestle. That's why it says you fight what? The good fight of it. That's why it says flee. That's why it says kill the members of the passions of the body. Mortify. Dead din. 
are your three enemies. Listen carefully. When you got born again, you received a new nature which is in your spirit. But there's another agent that is responsible for a lot of evil that didn't go. He's called the flesh. The flesh is the part of you that has the tendency of doing evil. The flesh is the part of you that rebels against what God requires from you. The flesh is what opposes God's purposes for your life. The flesh is the part of you that places a bedding and forces you to act against God's will. That impulse inside you that makes you want to do the opposite of what God has required is called the flesh. The flesh did not leave you. The flesh was not terminated. I, I hardly and rarely hear a lot of grace preachers preaching this. That's why we have people who know who Christ, what Christ has made them. But they are struggling because they don't have the armory to be able to fight this thing. We have a corrupt flesh still in this body. Sin did not entirely leave because you are born again. Sin is still at work in your members. Let me show you Romans chapter 7. If Christians don't know this, they'll be naive of this war. And they will let the devil win every time. And they say God is not there. It's a lie. Romans chapter 7. Come there. Come to um, the verse 18. He says, for I know that in me, in me, that is what? In my flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. Look at the next verse. He says, for the good that I would, I would not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. He goes on to explain. He says, now, if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but what? The sin that dwelleth in me. That means there is sin in the flesh, the members of the body. So after you are born again, the flesh begins to cooperate with the world and the devil to give you up to them. It will, it will create impulses. Someone says, sin is dead. How do you feel for sex to have sex and then you can't control it and you, 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 you say what? Where is that thing coming from? It is coming from impulses inside which are not controlled. These things will hammer you thoughts of envy. Where do you think it's coming from? Thoughts of jealousy. Where is it coming from? All those desires that arise within you that contradicts God's word is the flesh. That's how we have Christians who are born again but they are fleshly. When we say someone is fleshly, that means his flesh is what is controlling him. When we say someone is spiritual, that means the Holy Ghost is who is controlling him. So there are two groups of Christians. One is Christ controlled, the other is sense controlled or fleshly controlled. That's a carnal believer. Have you forgotten the Bible mentions foolish and wise virgins? There are foolish and wise virgins. They are both virgins. That means they are born again, sanctified by Christ. But one is foolish, one is wise. And how are they wise? By their choices. One made provision for extra oil. The Holy Ghost did not just permeate in their spirit. The Holy Ghost transferred from their spirit into their vessel, their body. That means the life of Christ did not only remain in their spirit. The life of Christ permeated in their vessel, their body. They allow Christ to rule them experientially. They are the wise virgins. The other people didn't have oil. The Holy Ghost was just there inside them. But the Holy Ghost was fruitless outside them. That's a foolish Christian.
they have reasonable believers and unreasonable believers so which category do you fall into that's why i keep saying all christians are not the same we are same in identity what christ did for me he did for you but how we function our results our effectiveness are not the same why is it that i'm able to deal with certain things in my life that have no control over me and other believers are not understand the fact of how god empowers us but you know that there is a part you have to play and some christians have decided to lazy about and will not want to do what god has required or is requiring from them to give them the necessary capacity to deal with the flesh there is a busy devil there are thoughts you want you don't want to think about you realize you are still thinking about them do you think they are normal there is a war And I told you the devil wants to attack you. You see, the devil, maybe some of you have not discerned the voice of the devil. There are people you hear who have committed suicide. You wonder what happened to them. When the devil wants you to commit suicide, he will not say, go and commit suicide. He will whisper through your own voice. So you hear him as your own voice, telling yourself that I am useless. My life is gone. Let me end it. Is the devil talking to you? But he talks as though it's you that's why there are some thoughts you don't want to think about you find yourself thinking about that it's not you it is the devil trying to think his thoughts through you if you accept them listen there are some thoughts of envy when they come as a thought reject it quickly how does a man enter into this thing of education it did not happen on the bed there was a process there was a desire the person did not kill or you think when me as a pastor i'm walking i am a spirit eh Kweku and I went to the bank on Friday to go and do a banking transaction. When the bank, when one lady came without Brazier, and mama was alive. And the nipple was passing through the, the dress like that. And she would say, pew. And she entered the bank. The moment I saw it, I turned my face like this. And I lifted the nose mask a little up like that. And I bowed down my head. I bowed my head until I left the bank. Now, what did I do? I fought. <laughs> I don't know about Kweku. <laughs> I fought my fight. I fought my fight. I don't know about him. If we close, you can ask him. I bowed my head. Because the thing is a war. If I kept looking and looking, then my gym is so full. <laughs> That's this what has been catching the men. Listen, sometimes you want to look at the thing, the thing comes to pass by you. Now I sell cut toys. You are going to kill yourself. I bowed down my head. Learn to pass over. Listen, after the lady goes, you will see her again. Don't go and welcome. So see, this thing is a fight. Oh. Many of you think marriage is what saves you. Actually, marriage is more dangerous than when you are single. Because after marriage, we taste the are so now your libido is on a high level. It's on a high rise. 
so when the body size of your wife begins to change maybe you married her slim before you realize she has become a bushy and the value is no longer the same now you are looking for slim things the person has become like that then you, like, you see the person who is in your shape like that you see her like that you see someone like julie passing like that then it's like wow what a creation Don't look. Don't, look. Don't, look. Don't look when it comes to Jesus, he says, Look and live, my brother. Live when it comes to some things, it's look and die. We bow down our head. When she left, I lifted my hand. Oh, you get oh, I'm serious about this thing. It's a fight. Turn your back and move, looking onto Jesus the author and finish of our faith after five minutes you'll be fine the more you are looking a new imagination comes and the thing is growing that's why i said nobody committed adultery in one day adultery does not begin on the bed it begins in the mind there are some things you should have been rejecting long ago you are there then some videos will pop up some people will send you friend requests with their breast showing you won't delete them you don't know you don't know this thing the thing is popping up when it pops up it gives your mind an idea after two weeks the thing will pop up again and then the, the, your mind is building that's what the bible says renew your mind renew your, you have to renew your mind every time because this mind is the battlefield of the devil if he wants to get you it begins from the mind the warfare begins from the mind christians are not disciplined again you think Christians who became drunkards just began just like that? It began with 2%. 2% became 5. 5 became, became 10. Tight. And 10 became 20. Now they were advancing before they realized they don't know how this thing happened. Listen, anything you know you find that is beginning, kill it now. Delete that video now block that girl now oh i'm telling you don't wait until it's too late i have a son who has to quit a relationship because two weeks after they enter the relationship the lady said ah now you we are in a relationship two weeks we've not had sex what life is that and this guy has a calling upon his life and he ran away he says if this is the relationship this is how it's going to be it's over and he quits the relationship quit because you see the devil is so fast he knows how to he knows see the devil has stayed on this more than six thousand years he has lived with men who have come died and gone so he knows the anatomy of men he knows the anatomy of the flesh he knows the kind of women you like he knows the bottom to press to push you so you you are you are no match to the devil that's why the lord gave us the holy ghost to help us because the holy ghost the devil is no match for him so there are three enemies see after you leave this premises these enemies are everywhere enemies everywhere this dawn we were coming to come and pray but Moses and I we were coming we saw prostitutes standing on this I didn't know they have come to this junction they have moved from East Lagoon they have come here very soon they will be standing close to the IGCC gate now no? and we invite them to church and if you see the dress they were wearing I just, I just, I just said, 
Haka papa, haka papa, haka. Say haka papa, the car is out. Move. You look at it. Next week you come, you look at it. Next week you come, you look at it. Now, you just want to go to the internet and go and check availability of nice girls. What type? You didn't do anything, no. No cut off. After two weeks, the thought comes again. You have not opened the site, oh. Open it. Open it. Then, first you typed nice girls. Then you move to naked girls. You see? Now you the Oh, now you the view more. Then from naked girls, then you come to big-breasted girls. Now, Mama Z, you see where this is? Ah, I see. I see. I'm confused. Then from there, the next one month, you didn't intend it all. You don't know what is the next thing is moving. It's graduating. Then you come to free porn. No matter, and then the boom, boom, the devil will give the, will give the demon like that. The devil will do like this. One of the demons. You know. You know. Usher one. Usher two. Usher three. Usher part four. Usher part five. Now you already know their name. One is called Nicole. Do you know them by name? <laughs> then now you want some, you'll be desensitized. Now, as a flow, they move to new, new dimension. And now, sex, there you go. You don't know how the devil, the devil will mislead you like this. Listen, I just want you to know that you are killing yourself. Slowly. So it is better you kill it now. And I told you, your spiritual life does not transcend to yourself. Your children are going to suffer from the choices you are making now. I am telling you, sometimes the fight you fight is not only for God. It's for your wife. It's for your husband. It's for your unborn children. The fight you are fighting now, they'll come and benefit. Some people die and leave this earth with trouble. And their children come and inherit the trouble and continue to another generation. I've closed.